Whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted with important matters. Albert Einstein Bending Not Breaking The Dragon Prince Edition Reflections The Royal Council Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. This is another mini episode where we are focusing in on the reflections that have been published recently for the Dragon Friends leading up to season four. And here they come. We have the next one on our list, which is the Royal Council. And we get a chance to lean into Ezrin's story a little bit and learn more about what's going on here. And this, I gotta admit, is one of my favorites. We heard that Devin's favorites, you know, Devin likes them all, but uh, this is one of my favorites. But uh, I'm really just curious about uh, how this came about, like what what um, brought on this story. So this one, I will actually give credit to my husband when we, I, I said early on in the big overview episode that we sort of like had some internal brainstorms. Chris brought a couple just completely already formed to the table. This one was uh, a pitch that Ian had where he was like, what if we talk a little bit about Ezrin's crown um, for an Ezrin reflection? Because it is something that is touched on in season four, um, but just giving it a little bit more space to breathe in its own little story, I think was a really, really good idea. So he was like, what if we do a story about Ezrin weighing like the decision of what to do um, that leads to him making the crown? So thank you, Ian, for, for the cool idea. That's That's where it came from. Um, and then it the other cool thing idea. that was, uh, we really wanted to feature Bait and Zim, even though they, we can't really give them like their own reflection because it's a little hard to write like, I mean, I guess we could, but we just didn't immediately have a good idea on how to sort of represent either of them as, as like a yeah. POV character. Um, so it, it allowed us to sort of like have Ezrin thinking through his feelings and in, in the, the way he knows best, which is through his animal companions. Yeah, I love it. Ugh. So one of the key... Uh, key things, integral pieces of, of Ezrin's uh, growth and development over the course of the series. And of course, noting in this uh, short story is the appreciation and perhaps weakness uh, of four, I should say, jelly tarts um, and baked goods. And so I'm, I'm curious, I want to lean into this really quickly around like, if you had to heist a baked good, um, and you were going to heist it for your your small council. Uh, what baked good are you going to heist? I'm stealing the donuts. Donuts. Is I'm there the donuts. You know, like? Are you like a a baked donut or a yeast filled donut or glaze? What's 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 your donut? Um, like? Simple glazed is actually really good. I don't really like the ones with sprinkles, but I'll take mm -hmm. them. The ones that I'm. I'm going to leave. In fact, I would take these and plant them on my worst enemy as evidence are the, are the filled donuts. I, 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 I can't stand them. I don't like them. Donuts. No, I don't like them being something inside that's squishy. I, I can't huh. do it. Can't do it. I'll take, I'll steal everything else, but. Mm. Well, you can give all of them to me. I don't even, I don't need to be the enemy here. I can just accept them willingly. Well, it depends on if somebody's noticed my crime, see, ah, and was fair. chasing me. Then I'd be like, yoink. Got it. <laughs> Got it. All right. So we're heisting donuts. And then, Devin, who, what are you heisting? 
I don't know. It's not easy to heist because it's not like a baked good in the same way, but I would, can I say sticky toffee pudding again? I'm obsessed with this stuff. Sure. <laughs> again, uh, it's a, it's a British dessert. It's made out of like dates, but like, and when you eat it, you wouldn't really know because they sort of just become a sugar for the, um, for the, the cakiness of it. Um, and then you cover it in like molasses and uh, it's so good. And then you, in, in the UK, you pour cream over it. And so it kind of gets all like saturated and soggy. Um, and it's yeah. super, super good. Probably not easy to heist because it's like sticky and messy and you can't just like pick it up and run. <laughs> I will pick up the whole, it, right? yeah, I will pick, I will pick up like the whole tray and run. And, yeah. Run with, yeah. Uh, and that's what, that's what I would do. I highly recommend looking up a recipe for sticky toffee pudding, especially heading into the holidays. Cause it's a delicious, like wintery, autumn-y. Sounds dessert. really good. Please Can you put it. it in tarts? Could it be good? Like, like in a, I don't think it would you could be because. Filling? You Without the cream, do, like maybe. the molassesy stuff, you could probably make yeah. a tart out of it. But I, I guess I'm mm. like hungry right now. I'm just like I really. Want <laughs> yeah, I I think my heist would focus on croissants. I I <sighs> love a good fresh croissant, and baking them is a pain in the rump. I have tried, and they while they are good, like there's nothing better than not having to work for a fresh croissant. And so like- It tastes I, better stolen. <laughs> it, it does. So I would, that would be the, I could Ocean's Eleven some croissants for sure. Um, so uh, we've got the fun in there, but now I'm curious, uh, uh, the theme for this episode for me that I read into it was this this idea of integrity. And this, this not only, uh, you know, this is, this is my value. So it's not just professing something, it's practicing it. And oftentimes I think you had mentioned this on the big episode, Devin, but Ezrin is often like, uh, called like, a, almost like a Mary Sue in a way of being like, oh, he never makes mistakes. He's always good. He like, he never gets complicated. And he, but I like, th- he, it, this is complicated. This is, he is constantly having to make really tough choices. And this idea of living into your professed values by choosing and critically thinking about what you've inherited, even going back to our last episode on inheritance, right? Thinking about inheritance and, and Ezra has inherited something that is symbolic of a certain way of leadership. And he has said, this is not the symbol that I want to walk into my new role with. I don't have to be this type of leader. And I, I think that there's some resentment towards Ezrin because it almost seems as though, um, I wonder if that makes it difficult for people to connect with him because they, he, he always, it seems to choose rightly so often. Um, and so this is complicated. So I'm, I'm one, thoughts on integrity too is there anything about that kind of my my reflections there that seem off or what is that what is what do you hear when I when I say all of that oh boy you're hitting on like a lot of very core things to the dragon prince that I I could speak on this forever but I'll try to keep it close to the chest um Ezrin is probably the closest you can get to the character that represents what I think of as one of the core themes of the dragon prince which is what your you know lived values and and sort of the, the idea that you can believe all of these things about yourself and you can want to put that those those sort of ideals and those those visions into the world but doing so is complicated and hard and and at some point in everyone's life they come to a place where they will stumble 
in those yeah. things that it is impossible. Maybe this is too cynical of me, but it is very, very difficult to live your whole life and constantly uphold every, every, you know, like to the, to, to the pure and sparkling ideal that you, you think you're capable of in your heart. And I think like for young people, this is particularly important because like people at Ezrin's age in real life, look into the world and they set, set, you know, um, affirmations. Like I am going to grow up and be a good person. I am going to, uh, bring goodness and, and, uh, kindness and care into the world in a way that, you know, like adult, I just see adults failing at, and, you know, the dragon prince really hits on, I think this, where the, the adults probably had those same ideas in their hearts when they were young too, but Ezrin, Ezrin's journey will involve, can he really manifest those things? Like, and I think like as a whole, the, the show sets out to interrogate him a little, like, like yeah. can you youngest character with the most sort of like sparkly, uh, you know, sparkly, almost naive ideals, will the world allow you to keep these? And, you know, how will they change for you? when you receive inevitable sort of challenges and pushback on, yeah. on the things that you want to be. Um, so I think like uh, the, the reactions to this piece in particular were very interesting to me because I did see some of that, like, ah, oh, Ezrin's never wrong. Ezrin's just a perfect boy. Uh, Ezrin's uh, the perfect monarch and the, the, the Dragonfit's writing team loves the monarchy. And I was just like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? This is a, it's a metaphor for power, calm down. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's, it's a, he, is a vessel for all of the younger people who watch the show to see, you know, I, you know, I, I hope like, I think older people look at him and are like, come on kid, like, and rightfully so. But I hope that young people see themselves in him a little and like, yeah, like the young people in the world can make a difference. They can enact these changes. But what yeah. I want people to, to perceive about in Ezrin is that, is that integrity, that, 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 um, that idealism will be challenged. And like, how will you dear reader handle it when that, time yeah. comes for you when things are a little bit more complicated than you anticipated in your youth um and, and Ezrin's an interesting you know he's a fantasy character he's he's a prince like n none of us are princes in real life uh, but but the metaphor of it is I hope it resonates it's it's can you live by the values that you want to um yeah. in a world that is hostile to that um anyway I've said my piece this is why this this one is very important to me is because not just in season four. Um, I think Ezrin's arc is one of my my favorites. Um, Absolutely. For the whole of the upcoming saga. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Like when, either reflecting on what Devin said or what I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about what's percolating within you. Oh man, I was really enthralled. Um, thoughts. Um, I think one of my favorite parts about this story is is that it slows down because I tend to want to run ahead to the quote big uh, beats of the story like battles and betrayals and and reveals and ooh ah wow you know that sort of stuff is is has got more adrenaline in it I think and I'm naturally drawn to those moments yeah but I know that that makes for an incomplete story so this particular moment is it's just a little boy having a snack with his pet friends yeah. and it's it slows down and it sits with him on his bed while he is sad and has some thoughts and and just tries his best 
to to figure out what do I do? He the reason that he's talking to his pets is because he doesn't have anybody else. Yeah. That he trusts more. He does yeah. have other people. He doesn't trust them more, I would say, um, in this moment than his friends. He's he's maybe um falling back on some old habits of I'm gonna sneak through the the little corridors and I'm gonna steal me some because this is familiar. Mm. I need something to be familiar right now because I'm stressed. Um and so he does his old routine with a new friend. And then he's he's just he's just in this little kind of bubble of time and space where he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Because if you're outside the king's chamber right then, if you're a guard or you're passing in the hallway, all you're going to see is little King Ezrin whipping open that door and saying, find me the finest metalsmith in the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what you see from the outside. But if you're allowed inside this room, you just get to see a little it's boy. So who's yeah. got way too much on his shoulders yeah, uh, and he's coping with jelly tarts, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it really not the, the perfect solution, but it's Ezrin's best. Yeah. He, yeah. he, and everybody else, but in this moment, he is trying to do his best. And this is what it looks like. Yeah. I am just really, really loving this moment because it, it kind of like what you're saying that these, we oftentimes perceive character as like being it's it's forged in the really uh, big moments, but character is forged in these these really small moments um, and these small decisions that we make. And I think we really get a chance to see this is this is an integral moment to not only uh, a plot point that's coming apparently with with this crown that we will learn about, but or maybe not a plot point, but a, a a focal point and um thinking about also this this moment is integral to who Ezrin is right and it's really indicative of who we are and I think we can learn about each other not just in the big moments but in these small moments and in our daily gestures and our daily acts and so I just I love that about about integrity and I just really really love it Ugh, it's and it's so hard. It is hard to live with integrity, and it requires a lot of uh, internal perspective taking. Right? It requires looking in, and we see Ezrin doing that. And I, I think Ezrin, despite his age, or perhaps even more so because of it, gives us something to say. Hey, if this is so ideal, why don't I do it more? How do I live into what Ezrin is teaching me? Um, and that's something that I like, I don't think it requires that even of a child. I'm sitting here going like, how do I be more like Ezrin, right? What can I do to, to live into this kind of, um, to live into that amount of integrity? That's just a, a huge, a huge thing for me. Ugh. Oh, it's so big. Um, okay. Now the silly question, what in your house, what item would you turn into your crown? Right. Uh, what in your household would you, I, uh, I, and you can go the symbolic route and pick a symbolic thing that you would want to transform into your crown, or you can just go like, I need to get rid of this. Like, but like what in your house would you turn into a crown so that you, uh, had a crown worthy to bestow upon your head? Oh, I got two answers and they're both silly. I have a literal <laughs> katana. I could turn a sword into a crown uh -huh, okay. um, out of actual metal. 
Um, I could I could do that, but I like my katana, so I will not do that. Um, also, I have a stupid amount of pens lying around my house, just just ink pens of all colors. <laughs> and you know, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. So what if I go like the Thranduil route? You know, Thranduil's all he's got that big old bear bear wooden crown in the Hobbit movies. Um, if I took pens and I just sort of mushed them and bent them and kind of twisted them into slightly tortured positions and wore a crown Thranduil <laughs> style that didn't connect in the front, but it was high up the back and the sides made of, of pens. I love it. I think that's a very, and, uh, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, I think that is reflective of your personality and of your work. So I'd have to have a working pen in there somewhere. There would be a little one I could pull oh, out I and write that with, idea though. where you can like pop one out whenever you need one. Exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like some yeah. of them, like the empty ones are, are the twisted weird ones, but if it's a, if it's a normal looking pen, it means I can, I can write with it. That, that yeah. would be important to me. <laughs> I love that. Devin, what about you? What are you turning into a crown? All right. I'm going to get weird and like a half-baked metaphor here. Uh, I, I used to, well, I, I should continue to, but I haven't in a while. Um, I used to make candles out of soy wax. Um, oh, okay. And I, I just used to do it with friends. So just over the pandemic, mm-hmm. I just like didn't make any because I didn't have any friends to make any candles with. Um, <laughs> but I have all this, like I have bags of like flaked wax. And so I was, and it just kind of sits there right now. And what if I made it into a crown? And then I was getting into this Icarus metaphor of like, oh, it's so fragile. It'll, it could melt. And then, you know, a, a crown that you cannot fly too close to the sun with it, as it were. Um, anyway, this is like, again, like a half complete metaphor. I've just been spinning up and I don't really know what it means, but I, I would make a, a very fragile uh, Icarus crown out of all my unused candle wax. There yeah, I, I run hot. So that would just melt on my head. So oh, same medically, I have like a slightly <laughs> higher body temperature. This is why I hate summers because I'm just already a little oh, bit yeah. warm all the time. And so, yeah, I would also just it would suck. It would be a terrible idea, actually. No, I want to steal it though. I'm going to steal it. That's great. Yeah, I love that. You've committed to this bit at this point. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> uh, for, for me, I would probably do one out of like uh, my instruments. I love, I'm a, I, I do music. So I would probably figure out how to turn my, my, my instruments into a crown, whether it be from like the, the strings of the, you know, piano within the piano or something like that. I'd figure something out. Um, it could go. These are all such cool visual prompts. I'm just like, I'm right? Like that looks, that sounds now. amazing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, don't worry, you can steal any of the ideas. No, I'm, I will. Allow it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we've we've leaned into kind of talking about Ezrin. We've learned more. This is a, a lovely experiment on going into all these reflections. But I want to make sure we touch on anything that is important as well that we want to make sure we uh, cover about this short story, if anything, before we transition into gratitude. The plates. I love the plates. The plates that Ezrin puts, uh, yeah. puts the jelly tarts on. The, the gold. The gold. Yeah. Plate. Yeah. 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 There was a there was a big old head cannon behind those. Um, but I'm really attached to those. They're they're pretty cool. All right. Okay. Anything else? I just really appreciate this one as an intro to Ezrin's arc in the upcoming yeah. seasons. I think. Yeah. And, and and again, kind of comes back to I saw people with kind of mixed reactions to him, like as a character, I like, someone was like, oh, he just turned like a priceless heirloom into a, like a crown with a, a slight like distaste for it. And I was like, yeah, I bet someone in the audience like in Catalis would have the same reaction. And like, it's, it's yeah. sort of, it's again, hitting on this, this idea that like these choices he is making from this good place in his heart are not necessarily universally going to be received with. Yeah. Acting. Love and, and, uh, 
rah rah fight the power as and you know it, there will be some challenge to him so it, it's good I think that's so true though for any decision we make that is like anytime I me myself live into a decision that is choosing authenticity over conformity or it's going to butt butt heads with people and sometimes that's people that are really close with me with my family because like that's that I've been a certain way for so long and now I'm gonna be like I'm I'm gonna choose this and they're like but this is the way you've always done it this is the way it's supposed to be and like listen that's a human reaction Let's learn to check it, right? Let's let people be people. Um, that's just me, me being, that's my pedestal really quick. I'm going to hop off. Um, okay, let's move into gratitude. <laughs> um, uh, so last, on one of our previous episodes, we uh, offered the the full range of the elves to choose from. And so I'm going to invite us into the full range of humans in the Dragon Prince universe to be grateful for. So who of all the humans that we know that we are aware of in seasons one through three and the reflections um, or whatever has been sneaked into season four that we've seen. Um, who are you grateful for and why? Is it legal to say Viren? I feel like every, I, I just love Viren. I, yeah. I appreciate, I'm grateful for Viren because he complicates the lives of all the other characters in such, yeah. uh, such wonderful ways, including himself. He complicates his own life. What a, what a guy. I love this man. Anyway, that's it. Viren stands Viren. tonight. <laughs> this is hilarious because i'm gonna say opelli <laughs> <laughs> all right let's hear it let's hear it um she's oh it just feels like she's been up against so much <laughs> because there's been all this chaos uh viren caused perhaps um on the council and, and um after king harrow dies and everything that follows it, it it's kind of like she's the the one who just stabs her metaphoric sword into the ground and says, somebody's got to hold tight around here because everything's falling apart. There's yeah. storms blowing people off in all directions. The ground's falling away, whatever. There's disasters happening and somebody needs to hold to the center of, of this, this castle here, this, this council, this area, that sort of thing. And um, she stands up to Viren. Uh, she's very determined in, um fighting the power in her own way but she doesn't uh she has a soft side yeah. uh, that one conversation that she has with Ezrin um about uh picking somebody else to to rule until he's old enough in season mm. three they have that little conversation that yeah. that lives in my heart it's such a nice little touch for Opelli I mean yeah. she's she's she feels like she's very rule driven kind of, you know, like, here's how we do things. This is important, you know, kind of. And I get that. I, I really do get that. But underneath it, it, she seems to work out from a position of compassion and yeah. genuine caring for this is how we do things because it keeps the most people safe and mm. people are important. The people of the kingdom, you know, it, it's like for humanity, but not ironically. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that comes to mind when I think of Opelli is just how useful it is to continue to see women in positions of power uh, making moves in media. And Opelia is just a, a, an extraordinary example. So I appreciate you lifting up that example. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go basic here and I'm going to probably appease some of the Soren stands um, and choose, choose Soren. <laughs> I, I, Soren's arc has been, um, you know, 
it got goes from annoying to just like this person with so much depth and um, depth in a way that's really funky because it's like not that deep, but at the same time, his character is just so deep. There's so much there. And it, it, it is, I, I just love it. It makes me, it makes me laugh. He makes me tear up. He gives me all the, all the feels in a way that I just really appreciate. And just teaches me again, how, um, how to appreciate difference, how to like, I just, I, I'm really grateful for Soren's, uh, for Soren's character and what uh, Soren's character has offered me. So, uh, this has been a journey. This has been a, a, a wonderful to do. Uh, we have successfully reached the end of another mini episode, everyone. Uh, and so keep in touch. We will continue to do as many as we can. Uh, until next time, be well and do well.